You're listening to Breaking Formation, a Palmcast, with your hosts Jordan and Aaron. We are two former NFL cheerleaders using our platform to connect the pro dance community and redefine the word cheerleader one episode at a time. Hi, Breaking Formation friends. We're so glad to be back with another episode this week. Yeah. This week, we had Sarah Norris come on, and she is probably the most diverse in the teams she's cheered for that we've had so far on the show. Yeah. I mean, I remember she had followed us early on, like when we had started the podcast, and I kind of stalked her a little bit, and... At first, I was like, oh, wow, she was on the Dolphins. And then I kept scrolling, and I was like, oh, and she was also on the Mavs. And then I kept <laughs> scrolling, and I was like, oh, and she was also on the Cardinals, too. So she definitely Big has... Big time. Yeah, definitely has a lot of experience dancing professionally. And, yeah, so obviously we wanted to kind of, you know, pick her brain about her experience in the dance industry and just overall, you know... Things like embarrassing moments on the basketball court or the football field. Like we kind of like have a few funny things we talk about. And then towards the end, we do get pretty real about a lot of topics that, you know, are might be a little controversial or might some might consider controversial. But I think we definitely created a, a good space to open that conversation about a few things. Yeah, we definitely talked about a lot of things that need to be talked about. Um, And I mean, I even talked a little bit about one of my experiences and something that is pretty personal to me and not something I talk about very often with others, but something that definitely kind of consumed me for probably the past five years. So it's definitely a very filled episode in many different (laughs) aspects but um yeah it was definitely a good one I I think and yeah it was nice to meet Sarah all right hello hi Sarah hey guys how are you good we're so excited to have you on when we first started the podcast um and we made our Instagram I think you were one of the first people that had followed us and I'm just so interested to know where, how you found us. You know what? So it's so random. Um, I believe it was one of your guys' former teammates that maybe you guys cheered with. And um, she started following me and we were talking on Instagram. The name's not coming to me right now. I would just need to get back on Instagram. Um, (laughs) And she posted your guys' podcast. And I was like, I love this. I think it's awesome. Just because I just, I think... um, like more cheerleaders should be talking about our experiences and everything like that. So yeah. So then I started following you guys just to see what you guys were about. Love that. I wonder who it was. I know. I want to know too. You know, I could, I could probably go through and look and let you guys know. I, I, I meant to do that too, before I came on to look (laughs) up who, who it was. Uh, You guys probably know, I think she might've been on one of your guys' episodes a little bit ago, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We were just so curious to know. I think she's on a Golden State Warriors right now. Is it a rally? She was on the 49ers. Oh, okay. okay. Awesome. Yes. Very nice. Yeah, that's that the name sounds familiar. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. We love a rally. (laughs) Yes. So I guess just 
give us a little bit of your background, Sarah, and kind of, you know, where you started with your dance journey and how it got you to cheering for the teams that you have? Yeah. So my mom put me into dance at two and a half because she was signing my sister up. My sister was four and the studio owner was like, well, is she potty trained? My mom was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, we'll sign her up. (laughs) So I started dancing at two and a half. Like, I don't even know if that really counts, but so I danced, then I did high school dance. I did palm and cheer. And then um, I was like the president in of like the club dance, I guess, or mm-hmm. dance club at my high school. And then from there, I went to college and I actually went to college at ASU and I started off um, being a dance uh, major. Um, but then I kind of realized that I would rather use dance as like my passion rather than my career. So then I switched into business communications and that's when I decided to audition for some professional teams. So I was like, okay, I can dance on the side. Um, So then I actually auditioned for um, the Phoenix Suns dance team and I made it to the finals, but I didn't make the team, which was kind of like hard because I really wanted to make that team. But you know, I was 19 yeah, years okay. old. You can't expect to just make your first team you audition for. And um, I met some of my best my best friends through oh, that cool. audition. Um, we like look back and I'm sure you guys have some auditions you guys look back on and you're just like, why did I do that? How did I end up on the ground? <laughs> like, why did like what how did what dance move was that? Like yeah. for freestyle. And you also I feel like everyone also looks like a different human being like like from their first audition to like where they end up like you're you're a completely oh. different human like inside oh. and out like totally oh 100% looking back on myself I was like <laughs> oh my god I oh yeah it's like it, it's cringy looking back on it but so from there I decided that I was going to audition for the Arizona Cardinals but I kind of did it more as just uh, to gain experience to then re-audition for the Phoenix Suns. It was the same year you auditioned for the Suns? Yes. So it was like okay, nice. within that same season type of situation, like had the Phoenix Suns auditions and then a the couple summer. months later. No, it was like, yeah, it went uh, a couple months later where the okay. um, Arizona Cardinals auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up making that team. Uh, was not expecting it at all just because I you know I don't know when you're younger maybe you think you do NBA and then you do NFL just because I don't know that's just maybe how I thought it yeah the steps went I feel like the the like scale of NFL seems bigger right because it's I think I feel like it's like the brand I don't know just and this is like me as a person who like didn't grow up knowing anything about sports like NFL was like this big huge stage where and like NBA it's like not as not quite as well known on like the dance side of things I guess or like no, well exactly. like yeah. even though it's like when you think about it like it's technically harder I, I think overall to make NBA teams than it is to make NFL teams like from like a dance perspective because it's like they just they do more like hard things so no, you're totally right, especially because there's like double the amount of girls on a um, NFL yes. team than there is on yeah. an NBA team. So there's actually less, there's less spots for NBA. But right. so yeah, but I wasn't expecting it and I made the team. Um, 
I so I did the Arizona Cardinals for two years, and then I actually went in to re-audition for my third year, and I got cut from the team. That was kind of really oh, yeah. hard. There's yeah. like some story. There's stories that go into that. It was. I'm sure you guys know how some people just kind of get screwed over. Um, politics, politics, yeah, and rumors, sure. or there was a new coach and just, mm. you know, stuff like that drama that kind of um, got in my way of doing my third year, but I'm not mad about it. I took a year off, finished college. Um, and then I met a guy and we decided that we we're going to move to Dallas. So I auditioned for the Dallas Mavericks and that was one of those situations. Where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And yeah, whatever made, happened. <laughs> yeah, and then I made the team, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm moving to Dallas for sure. Yes. Well, and I got to say, like, the Mavericks, and I don't know if this is just me, but I always, like, totally looked up to the Mavericks dance team. Like, I feel like they were always so put together. Like, everyone was so beautiful. Like, their technique was on point. So I, like, I'm a big fan, I guess I want to say. And <laughs> I was heartbroken when that team got disbanded, Dude. like, with that whole – like, I'm not, I mean, we can definitely touch on, like, how you feel as, like, a veteran of the team. Like, I'm sure that's just, like, so awful. What year was this? I did the Dallas Mavericks from 2016 to 2017. Okay. So, yeah, so about four years ago now. Um, but, yeah, that one was a team, like you just said, when my boyfriend at the time was like, oh, like, let's look into moving to Dallas. I was like, okay, well, let me look at the team. Let me see how the Dallas Mavericks girls dance. And I was like, okay, this is definitely a team that I would want to be on. Like you said, yeah. I just seemed like they had it together. Everything was so clean and precise that, um, yeah, I wanted to be on the team. So then I made it, which was great. But this was my first time moving away from Arizona. And I was 23. Um, so I did that. Um, all the girls on the team were great. The Southern Hospitality and some of the girls I'm still best friends with, um, they're amazing. And I became really good friends with the um, our captain. Her name's Cass. And she had been on the team for, I believe, like five years. So she was yeah. um, coming on her last year, and she was like, hey, I think I'm going to audition for the Miami Dolphins. Like, do you want to do it with me? I was like, okay. And so. Yes. Just another, like iconic team yeah, I was, yeah. I was gonna say see <laughs> like, I feel boom, that boom. way about dolphins because I love yeah. their outfits like I feel yeah. like oh yeah I just got lost on their Instagram like just the other day too like <laughs> I mean I'm right there too they've changed their look so much that's yeah. like another thing we can probably talk like talk about is um you know some of these organizations just totally switching up their image mm -hmm. and stuff like right. that uh but yeah so we auditioned, me and her auditioned for that team and a couple of other um, former Dallas Mavericks dancers auditioned. Um, unfortunately, my captain ended up getting cut throughout the audition process and I ended up making the team, which kind of sucked because I was like, well, I kind of was only doing this because, you know, yeah. you were you were doing it. But they they did ask me throughout my interview, well, what if, you know, some of your friends don't make the team? And I was like, you know, I moved to Dallas by myself wow. and moved to Miami by myself. So the Dolphins was a pretty cool experience too. It's just every single team is so different. Like the organizations, just how they're ran, um, the girls that are on the team and everything. It's been a pretty interesting 
um, learning experience for me, but every team has been great. Yeah. So was that um, experience with the Mavericks, was that you had one year with them on in yes. Dallas? And then did you go straight to Dolphins after that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so technically you're on the they move. would say I like broke contract, so I didn't get my, I didn't get my pinky ring, which sucked, oh. but, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I got my, my Dolphins one, so. That's yeah. awesome. So how long were you on Dolphins for? Just a year. A year? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I was, I shared like a total of four years. I wish I would have done some teams longer. Like I, I almost wish I would have yeah. done Dallas Mavs a, another year. I guess because they got cut the next, they cut the team the next year. But yeah, it's interesting to look back and like think like, oh, like I wish I would have done this, or I wonder what would have happened if I had done this differently or whatnot. But it also brings you to like other opportunities and like you know your life is shaped in so many different like decisions you make. So um, I'm sure you probably feel like there was also a reason why you did however many years you did for each team oh oh definitely 100% I I'm happy I actually did go the route that I did go because I feel like I wouldn't you know obviously be where I am today and get to experience some of the things I got to experience did you like the structure of NBA or NFL more I'm actually asked this question a good amount by people (laughs) they're like did you like NFL or did you like NBA but um Man, it's so difficult because they're just so different. Um, I really enjoy football, so I really enjoyed the difference of being on the field for the NFL games and being on the sidelines. And, you know, it was long because it was four hours, you know, like just cheering on the side and wanting by fourth quarter, you're literally dying and you're like, why do I do this? Like, <laughs> And then at the end, you forget it and you whatever. It's every single yeah. game. But with NBA, I, you know, the practices were much harder because we have like 40, 60 games. And so we're doing, you know, two routine, two new routines and we have practiced three times and sometimes we have two game, two games that week. So we're, you're just so much busier, but then the actual game, you're not actually doing as much. You're just you perform your dance, you come back, you wait to perform your dance in like another hour or so. So it was definitely less stressful the day of the game. Right. Um, So I would say vice versa, like NFL games were so stressful, but NBA games weren't as stressful, but practice wise, NFL practice wasn't as stressful and NBA practices were so like, oh my gosh, like I would come home sit in my shower my boyfriend would like look be like are you okay and I'm like sitting down crying like why do I do this but it was amazing it was like when you're actually out there dancing it just it it makes it all worth it right and then in hindsight we look back and like all we think of are the good things like for the most part like of like you know the highs and because I mean I don't know both Jordan and I had very physical tolls taken on our bodies like after so many years too and I'm sure you experienced the same thing dancing for so long but you don't really think about that. I was actually going to ask if um, she had any injuries throughout her experience. Yeah I did um, when I did dolphins uh, I wasn't so used to doing kick lines as much I just you know when I got on dolphins I was I mean I was 26 but 
it just I felt so old compared compared to some of these 18 year olds I was right cheering with and I'm just like oh my gosh like I can't do this anymore and we have to you know do the jump split and oh, wow. I pulled my hamstring probably during like training camp and I could hardly lift my leg mm-hmm. and I remember one of my coaches being like Sarah like come on like you need to do it I'm like my leg just it can't like once you pull your hamstring it like won't go past a specific point and it was so painful it takes forever to heal too yeah I had my yeah that took probably until the end of the season I was like well that's great yeah (laughs) I used you but yeah really just that um I've had some crazy things that happen on the court though like not injury wise on maps but some some embarrassing things did you guys have any embarrassing things happen on the court or the field? Uh, honestly, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I have a story. Like there was this one time our director, I think it's my first season. Like she just was like, "Erin, can you come here like with me for a minute, like into the tunnel?" Oh. And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and like I, she just is like leading me into the tunnel, and I'm like, "What's up, Christy?" And she's like. So we're just going to have you go and change your uh, nylons because oh, the, like there was like a hole oh, like yeah. in the crotch. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, so many. Yeah. Like, and it was like, I guess it was like peeking out like under my butt, like uh-huh. of the skirt because we don't really do kicks when we rally. Yeah. But she was like, and she, but then she's like, we're just going to have to give you a longer skirt for next year. And I looked at her like, oh, she wants me back next year. So she like, she like perfectly like made me feel better in like that moment you know of the situation but yeah. like oh god I just remember thinking like how many people saw oh, <laughs> yeah oh, gosh. Um, I, uh, I mean I definitely had experiences like my belt I have photos of like my belt like just like off and like just, just <laughs> like flying yeah looking right yeah well, make you guys feel better I had um an extension come out on oh. the court <laughs> we were doing like um yeah it's like (laughs) luckily my my coach liked me and she didn't like ring me too hard for it but I had just gotten brand new hair extensions they were clip-ins and I I normally don't put them on the side of my like the two on the side I don't know if you guys use clip-ins or not but they were like longer and I was doing one of um, our sidelines fourth quarter and I was just doing luckily it wasn't during a dance routine but it was like during a you know a normal sideline (laughs) And I was doing a hair flip and you step as you're like flipping your hair down and I stepped stepped on it it and it went, and I'm like, okay, I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm like finishing up the dance and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I have eight seconds to finish this routine and I need to like, cause then it goes on, you know, and I need to know what I'm going to do. And okay, so I could, you know, pick like bend down, pick it up and like keep it in my palm or I can leave it on the floor. Like what I should do. Right. Yeah. What I do is I bend over, I pick it up, and I run off the court. Like, what am I? I run off the court, and I'm, like, on the side in the tunnel, and I'm, like, looking, and I'm, like, looking at my coach. And she's like, what the – what? Like, what happened? And I'm thinking, like, why did I just run off the – like, why did I do this? It was, like, fight or flight, and I, like, I know that I'm a flight person now. I'll run away. Right. So she comes over there, and she's like – Sarah, what what was that? And I'm like, I lost my hair extension. She's like, give me that. And she's like, you're not getting this back. And I'm like, okay. 
And, like, I didn't get in trouble at all. It was so weird. And I ran. I I don't know. I just, I can't believe I did that. It was so, everyone was like, what the heck? Like, why did you run off the court? I'm like, I don't know. Hilarious. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know what I would have done if I was in that situation. And it reminds me, which we actually just talked about in the episode, how like if someone were like, if you get like your palm like hit out of your hand or whatever, like yes. whoever is nearest to the palm has to pick it up. And then they're dancing with two palms in one and one palm hand and one palm in the other. And so, I mean, if you were on our team, like it probably would have been like what the thing to do. Maybe not running off the court, but picking it up for sure. <laughs> They should have. They should definitely add that in as like because they tell us that like at the beginning of the season, yeah. like or they would tell us that like if this happens, you gotta pick it up. Like don't just leave it on the field. Like it looks bad on the field, so we gotta add in like pieces of hair for hair sure. Definitely and- a rookie move, like on my end for oh. sure, one hundred percent. Oh my gosh! And then there was another time. I had gotten a spray tan and I normally have my routine. I'm sure you guys have your game, like pre game day, like routines where I would normally get my spray tan the day before the game. Well, my friend was like, let's just get it before the game, but I know better. So I got it anyways. And, you know, I would get these double tan, double tans. Cause you yep. know, if, you know, just never just one layer, just, never just, one layer. just do yeah, one. Be no. as dark as you can. You know, <laughs> I don't know why we do that. Said, uh, whatever to look better maybe and I remember it was before we were gonna go out and I start sweating and I and I my armpits start to turn green and I'm like oh, oh my gosh mm-hmm. so I'm like trying to <laughs> dab them I'm trying to fix it and like I'm like I don't even want to go out there and dance because it was such a difference you know like you can just see it like and, and this was on NBA this was all of these things happened when I was on Mavs and <laughs> yeah and so like so, the the closest possible like vantage point for people to see like yeah closer <laughs> so it wasn't like people far away like yeah. whatever it's literally like yeah here are my green green armpits everyone like blue is our color but you know I want to wear green armpits today and <laughs> I went through two dance routines and it wasn't until fourth quarter that my coach pulls me inside as we're like going you know in and out on the on the court she goes honey come here she pulls me to the like side bathroom and she's like, we need to do something about that. And I'm like, oh my God, you just noticed them. Like, you literally just noticed this. And normally my coaches, she's pretty like hard on people. And she was like, okay, well, I guess we can't fix them. Like, go ahead. And I'm like, wait, you're sending me back out there. Like she's, she's pulled people off courts for like the smallest things, like having, you know, little runs in their tights and stuff. And I have green armpits and she's sending me back out there to dance. So I'm like, please, no, no, no. Like you can send me home. Like don't make me go back out there. So she like pulls people out like for like runs in their tights. And then like, you're not, you don't get to go back out on the court. It's not like a change your nylon situation. I mean, one time, I I don't want to speak anything ill about her because I love I love right. her so much. She's yeah, the best coach. But one time, my one of my friends, she, she's gonna hate me for saying this, but um, her butt crack kind of came out of her her shorts from oh. the top from dancing. Obviously, you know sometimes you're they yes. go a little low. Well, she my coach was so mad. She sent her yeah. home like before mm-hmm. halftime. She was like, "We need to figure this out. You're leaving. Like kick like made her wow. leave like." Yeah, so she's been harsh sometimes. So I got, I got, I don't know. She liked me, so 
See, politics in a good way. For yeah, you. I, got, I got away with a good amount <laughs> on that team, yeah. which I almost wish you would have sent me home with green armpits because, like, I didn't want to go back out there and I saw the dance, but you're welcome. Yeah, this is what we yeah. need. This is the real talk we're talking about here, you know? Like, this is, you know, it's not all glamour and sparkles exactly. And exactly. all the time. Extensions and green armpits. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, the ex- the extension thing, like, I had like every single type of extension like known to man like throughout my mm-hmm. time uh dancing and it's a miracle nothing, nothing like that ever happened right. like no and I mean I think the closest I came was during a rehearsal I was like doing a high clap and it was when I had my really long extensions and it's straight up it, well I had the mm-hmm. beads so they were like yeah. really in there but they would still like pull and you know go down and I could like pull them out if I pulled hard enough and the hair got like caught in my armpit and like we were like dancing full out and I like yanked it and so it went like super low so I had like one super long hair I never had extensions but my last year my hair was probably like the longest it had been the whole time and I had like issues with just like my real hair Mm -hmm. getting stuck and I remember there was a girl on the team or stepping on it who also stepped on her hair too yeah I was just gonna say that I remember she told me yep. it was like the most painful when thing. When you're like stepping up from the like, ground and not... move and then you step on your hair. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I yep. love so much hair that way. A nice roll on mm-hmm. to the hair. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know. I think it was my third season. The last season I had my straight hair. I started wearing halo extensions where I would just like yeah. bobby pin them. And I remember Jordan and our friend Caitlin were like, Aaron, you're playing with fire. Like we would never. <laughs> like, like that's so risky. Dude, you just – you just saying that I like got anxiety. I'm like, I would be freaking out the whole game. I had like such like a scientific method though of like pinning it like okay. in a crisscross formation like all around. Like it was like more secure than those True. little beads one bead ones I had. I swear, like because they did not move. And even though you know half of our choreography is hair flips, like I don't know, it's something should have happened, but I did. I did have a scientific method of pinning. Well, it so. worked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I know that you said that you are starting your own company. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of wanted to hear a little bit about that. And also, were you working? You were working right when you were on the teams. So I had a couple of different jobs while I was on each of the teams, just because when I was on. So when I was on Cardinals, I was going to college. Um for business communications at the time. And I just, I was working basically at a bar. I was doing bottle service. Well, the Cardinals didn't Mm -hmm. really like that very much. So, I mean, but, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're a college student, you're a full-time student. And as you guys know, being on a- Well, you make bank too as a bottle girl. (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, you know, they didn't like it, but I'm like, it says nowhere in my contract that I can't, um, that I can't do this. But I did actually- um, going into my third year, which that I was auditioning. And I actually think that could be a partial reason why I didn't make it back into my third year is because in one of my interview Mm -hmm. questions, they said, well, you know, we know you work at a bar and I'm not sure what is in your guys' contracts as far as like fraternizing with players. But basically they see me as working at a bar and, you know, players come in there. That's like potentially me you know, fraternizing with the players, even though I'm just doing my job. 
but it's in our contract that if we're in the same place as the player, we are, we are supposed to be the ones to leave. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to leave my job? And right. But this is just like, I don't know. That's a narrative of like, "Mm, you know, we're in the 21st century people. Like, can we not blame the woman? And I think with our contract, like they never explicitly wrote out anything, but it was definitely spoken about. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't super strict in the sense of like, you have to do this, you have to do that. But it definitely was discouraged. Yeah, the Cardinals were very, very, very strict on it. They're really even strict mm-hmm, yeah. on you even saying that you were a cheerleader. Like, you could not post. You actually legally, like, in our contract, were not even allowed to tell family unless it was, like, your immediate family. Oh. It's in our contract that says, like, you can't let your workers know what you do and you can't let, like, basically your cousins know. And I'm like, okay, wait, what? Like, <laughs> it's such a weird thing. But we, like, it was definitely, like, when we were on the team, like, kind of like the same but not like as crazy as that like I thought we were the strictest like this is news to me I didn't know that I I, I know I knew Laker girls weren't allowed to post too but yeah. I thought we were the only two teams so yeah. Dang, yeah. I would I was actually like trying to you know follow the rules my first year and like not tell people but it's like after a while it's like it almost becomes harder to like come up with things or let's like you know well in school like you're talking to your teachers and you're like well I have do this thing and I can't be here for this or you know you're lying it's weird well and that's the thing it's like is it not worse to lie like that was always my mindset it's like it's way worse to like be caught in a lie like they're gonna show a picture of me posing with them at a game and be like but what's this like you know it's like I'm not gonna lie exactly and that's what happened so many times to us and you know if we'd be out in a group it's like obvious people know who we are and people would be like oh you guys are cardinals cheerleaders and we would and you know obviously one of the vets of like four years would be like no, we're just Cardinals fans. And I'm like, you just make they, them look stupid. Like, now you just, like, it's kind of mean. Yeah, right. you're just lying and yeah. stuff. So that was just a weird yeah. a weird thing. But um, but sorry, back to – I digressed, but um, back to jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love digressing yeah, here. Like, we do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so then I did that. Um, and then I moved to Dallas, and I tried to have a full-time job. I did uh, insurance sales, so I did car, home, like auto, home, life insurance, and stuff okay. like that. But that was another reason why I was, like, sitting in the shower crying is because I would have to wake up at 5 a.m., go straight to practice at 6, get home from practice at, like, 12, and have to be up at 5. And I'm just, like, in every single day, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't do this. Yeah. So it wasn't until – I quit that job and I just started doing bottle service in Dallas and working twice a week, making five times as much as the money. And it was, I was so, I was able to actually enjoy dancing on the team rather than like be stressed out. Well, and it's not like you're partying too. That's another thing. It's like you are working. I know people that do bottle service and they make so much money, like you said, and they're working and it's like, yeah, exactly. So respect yeah so I mean yeah exactly you're just you're working and dancing and I mean it'd be different I mean you guys know like if we were paid more money we wouldn't have to (laughs) do that but which is like okay you can't complain if you're not going to be the one paying my bills right now like I like dancing but Um, I also got to make money no exactly yeah um so when I then I did dolphins and Luckily, the Dolphins, I don't know if it was because after, I don't know how um, 
much you guys know about the team suing some of the the teams a couple of years ago, um, but the Dolphins actually paid a decent amount. So I was I didn't have to have a job during it. Um, I made enough to mm-hmm. pay rent and basically eat like a Taco Bell bean burrito like every day. So <laughs> I was fine. But nice. But, That's all you need. Yeah, but they definitely paid a lot more than. <laughs> Um, than the Cardinals and the Mavs, so I was able to um, not have mm-hmm. a job during that team. But they they were a lot. They, um, you know, we had a lot more appearances with them and um, more practices and stuff. So it would have been hectic having a job. Yeah. So were each team or was each team a salary or like hourly or were they each kind of different? Yeah. So um, when I was doing Cardinals. This was before all the teams started to sue. And so when I was on Cardinals, we didn't get paid for practice. We didn't get paid for anything. I mean, we got paid for appearances, but like maybe you would have like two a month and it'd be $50 an hour. So my paycheck would be like $200. Um, But And then my first year, I don't know how you guys got paid, but per game we would get paid, but we when you did the math it wasn't even um minimum wage because you know we'd get there at like 7 a.m and we wouldn't leave until 8 and i'd get paid 75 dollars with tax taken out it's like 68 dollars so i'm like you know that's mm-hmm. just not you know luckily i was a college student i had a a, um, a job doing bottle service that i was able to pay for stuff but yeah. if that was anybody else you definitely they actually required you to have a full-time job well, or be a full-time student while being mm-hmm. on Cardinals. Um, mm-hmm. And then Mavs was hourly um, and then per game and stuff like that. So they did that. And then um, Dolphins was per practice and per game, but it was a, a good amount like per game and per appearance as well was a lot more. Yeah, Nothing salaried though. Yeah. It's so interesting like just – even within the same organization like NFL, like how different each team really is. And so that's why I ask. And I I do like I would love to open the conversation up to the topic of, you know, how many people think it's appropriate to be like, so how much money do you make? Um, Because it's like in any other job setting, like it's not an appropriate question. But someone like kind of the other day, It was actually like I posted a couple poll questions before we launched this podcast and someone posed the I or the perspective of like let's normalize like talking about how much we make just in general so we can educate people and like also place more value in these things. You know, it's like if if it is like something more openly talked about just like overall, it's like just kind of educates everyone on like, okay, so this either needs to change or like, well, why is that? Like, what do you actually do? It kind of like fosters a conversation of like why that's happening and maybe like kind of pay- would pave the way to like make it better. So I think, I don't know, the Cardinals situation also just kind of hits home because I don't know if it just was based on the timing that me and Jordan started cheering or which was like very soon after you started I think we were you know overlapping a few years there in between but it's just crazy to me because I mean we we definitely always made minimum wage and like usually it was above and 
I, but then it's like you hear these things of like games and game days. I mean, the whole job is physical labor. Like it's literally physical, mental, emotional labor that we're doing because we love it. But it's like, that's insane to me. Like, that's just, yeah. I don't know how people with good conscience can like be like, this is what you get. Yeah. I, Here you go. I remember on Cardinals, they, when you made the team, they were just like, basically when they were going through the contract, it was like, well, if you don't like anything in this contract, remember like you are replaceable. Like we can replace you. So yeah. don't like basically like don't complain. Yeah. You're getting paid nothing, but uh, that's because you want to be paid nothing. It's like, you really didn't have, which is why the alumni are the ones, you know, doing the suing is because you can't, you know, talk about it while you're on the team because you want to potentially do more years on the team or make another team and still experience that. So you can't do that. But I totally agree with you talking about normalizing um, the conversation. Just I think with any type of career and people don't know how much, you know, cheerleaders make or they don't, you know, I'm, I know it's becoming more normalized for people to talk about the um, gender pay gap within, you know, women and men mm-hmm. and within the same, like, job title, seeing the difference in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe if we talked about it more, there would be more of a real realization of, you know, how much people deserve and, you know, what they're actually getting paid for it. Definitely. Right. Well, because, like, I mean, if we want to compare it, like – like how how can you compare it to like bottle service i feel like they're similar kind of schmoozy like deals you know and it's like one i guess it's just the nature of like how much people pay for a bottle at a club but then then again how much are people paying for a box seat at a game it's like it's not like there's not money there so i don't know if you'd like to talk a little bit about that sarah it's like the two jobs like are like can you kind of tell us like ways that they're similar ways that they're different and like they're very similar which is why I think um doing bottle service was just so easy for me it's kind of you're putting on a show you're smiling you're pretending to be not pretending to be something you're just you're playing a role role. and um you know you put up with you know as you guys know when you're doing appearances you're putting up with obnoxious fans or potentially too touchy fans and rude fans and drunk people and stuff like that so it's really similar the same thing at a bar I would honestly as you like I would compare same people that I'm serving um bottle service to are the same people that are coming up to us um at the games at the games I don't know if you guys like I would love to hear some of your guys's like fan stories of guys (laughs) saying things like I would give you my number but I have a girlfriend like what and like what you would give me your number? Or just like don't tell my wife I'm taking a photo with you, and I'm like, yeah, what do you like, think is gonna happen? So like what? It's so weird. Yeah, we're simply taking a photo. <laughs> like, and it's like almost like they feel the need to just like say words, say yeah. and like that's yeah. what comes out, and it's just like don't say it. Like don't yeah. like just don't say anything. That would be better. Yeah so weird but yeah I mean I would say that's how it's similar um just in the fact that the, the people are and what you're putting up with is like very much the same as for the difference mm-hmm. it's you, what you're putting up with you're compensating for as in bottle service it's like you're putting up with a lot you're getting a lot for cheerleading you're putting up with a lot and you're not 
and you're not making a lot but you love it and you love dancing so that's like the difference it's like that you're still getting that type of something out of it but still there should be a as we all know a higher compensation um so Sarah I'm wondering if you could maybe go into like any like obstacles you faced while you were on one of the teams or all of the teams yeah I would um I think something that needs to be discussed you know how we're talking about obviously salary and stuff but I think one of the biggest things that is known but no one really talks about is um eating disorders on teams and how um, they're created and you know obviously like potentially unintentional maybe by the coaches or things like that but when I was on Cardinals I going into my second year I um, suffered with um, I would say like anorexia and it, I'm sure many people obviously you don't mean to have an eating disorder it's never purposeful right. it just kind of happens and because your your mind gets a little bit you just get a little bit confused or obsessed with looking a specific way or you don't know really what you're looking like but you're getting potentially like praised for it so when I just to explain when I was going into my second year of Cardinals my coach had mentioned to me you know like basically telling me like you know you don't look that good um i you know, you're, you're a great dancer and that's kind of the only reason why you made the team again this year, but you need to like get it together. And so I'm just like, what is she talking about? You know, I'm 21. I'm into my third year in college. You know, I, you know, just legally can drink, you know, maybe I'm drinking too much beer too often or I'm eating, you know, I'm in college. So maybe I'm eating too much ramen noodle, not enough like chicken and broccoli. Mm -hmm. I don't know. My motto literally was like, if you can't tone it, tan it. So I, I didn't know that I was looking bigger. You just don't notice those things. And so yeah. it wasn't until we had a photo shoot coming up and they went over this diet, which is, I would, I mean, it's one of those crash diets that models do. And so they sent it oh, out yeah. to the whole team and they're like, so basically the, what the diet consisted of is you cook chicken without any salt and you cook like broccoli or asparagus no salt and you eat it every two hours and you chug maybe like two gallons of water or something for like two days yeah oh my gosh I mean, no you, salt is my worst nightmare no, yeah and so <laughs> it's, so basically you're yeah you're taking all of that out of your body and low sodium yeah low sodium so you're getting rid of the bloating and stuff but you're mm-hmm. i don't know why you're drinking all the water but then you go and because the water the helps you the water I can tell you the water yeah, yeah. like flushes out the water in your system at first like I think you get like really bloated and then okay. the, the more water you keep drinking it like stops your body from holding water weight okay so yeah so then the next day we had to drink a gallon and a half of distilled water so that is like doesn't have any minerals or anything in it so yeah it went from oh drinking normal water to distilled water from there, oh I think it was like gosh. we did that for two days. So it was like five days of this. And then the last day, which is the morning and day of your photo shoot, you're able to eat pancakes. It like the thing just doesn't – because you're because it absorbs the last bit of the water, right? So like literally you're just – And it like plumps your muscles. Yes. And so, <sighs> yeah. So I'm like, okay. But honestly, by that last day, like I 
just couldn't even eat anything. I'm just like, I don't even want to eat anything. I didn't have energy. We had practice that whole week too, which they gave, they let us all like, you know, have a not as hard practice because they knew we were eating what they knew what we were doing. They, they told us to do this. I mean, they didn't tell you they was your, your choice to do it, but they, you know, if you wanted to look good in your photo, you would you should do it. And after being told that I didn't look good, I'm like, well, I'm going to take like if anything I wasn't even eating the chicken every two hours because you know who wants to eat flavorless chicken every two hours um Mm -hmm. and so then during the photo shoot my coach mentions wow Sarah like you look great like you look amazing I'm just like okay like thank you and you know I didn't think anything of it I was just like okay cool like the diet worked I looked great um I'm just gonna start eating healthy now or whatever well, the diet, what it ended up doing um, is shrinking my stomach so much that mm-hmm. we went out for sushi to, like, celebrate after. I could eat one little one little portion of a roll. Like, I couldn't eat. Like, and so from then on, I just couldn't eat anything. I maybe was eating, yeah. like, 100 calories a day. I couldn't. I just wasn't hungry. I didn't have an appetite. My stomach was the size of a quarter, you know. And mm-hmm. so from there, I just started shrinking and shrinking. And I was still had practice. And this year, that year on the Cardinals, we had crazy expectations where we um, we had practice three times a week. And on top of that, we had to go to the gym two times a week and we had to do a special like workout. So we had to basically be working out six time, times a week. So mm-hmm. I'm like not eating anything and I'm working out like a crazy amount. Um, so then my coach starts doing something new and, you know, an email. She goes, um, basically praising praising me for for looking good but it was specifically just mm-hmm. me it was just like and Sarah like I don't know what you've done but your body like basically being like physique of the week that's what it was called she's like in physique of the oh. week is Sarah but this is the only week she's ever done it and then she never did it ever again it was just one all of a sudden she just wanted to say like Sarah you look great physique of the week you know Sarah you I don't know what you've been doing but you look great so now I'm obsessed I'm like okay well she told me I look like shit. It's like it's one thing to like say it in private like if it is truly something like, you know, cuz like from the outside perspective like maybe, you know, you were taking the healthy steps and she wanted to give you a compliment for like the hard work. Okay. But like to make it like a public like full team mm-hmm. known thing like this is like getting high praise, like it does put like a separate pressure on and totally kind of I don't know, like just makes it so, yeah, you're going to completely fall into that pattern and strive for that. Yeah. And when you're being, and I'm sure you guys know when you're being praised by your coach, you like want to keep them happy or you want to keep like getting praised by them. And from there too, I don't know if it had to do with my dancing or my look, but now I'm being put in front of dances and, you know, it's my second year and, you know, I'm just getting more attention in that aspect and I'm like, okay. So time goes on and then all of a sudden we have a, and I'm still doing this, I may be eating like a chicken breast and a, like a small side salad like each day. And, um, but I'm not noticing, I think I'm being healthy. Like I think like, oh, I'm eating healthy, like going to practice, working out, whatever. I don't know. We're not, we weren't really taught too much of what actually being healthy is. We didn't have classes like that or we didn't have a nutritionist or like diet plan. Um, so then all of a sudden we have a, team building up north and her my coach and my captain at the time pull me aside they're like hey Sarah like 
we just um, want to let you know, like, well, we just want to make sure, like, you're okay. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, you're just looking, like, really, really thin. I'm just like, mm. no, I'm I'm fine. Like, I was drinking, like, we're, you know, we're drinking beers and wine and stuff, just all of us. So I'm like, well, I'm drinking a beer. Like, I'm, I'm not, like, conscious of, super conscious of anything. And so, yeah, they were just like, oh, we just want to make sure, like, you're okay. I'm like, I'm fine. And then... I don't know. I just, like, just kept it up for a little while. And then I don't know what it was. I think, well, it got to the point of where I didn't even actually, yeah, looking back on it, I almost felt weird putting anything but water in my body. I just felt like, oh, like, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even be eating chicken. Like, I shouldn't even be eating the Caesar salad. Like, I should be eating basic, I should just be drinking water. Like, it just felt Mm -hmm. so weird to put anything else in my body. I didn't want to gain another pound. I didn't want, like, I just didn't want to go back to, like, yeah. looking like that and um but then I don't know what it was something I don't know what but all of a sudden I just started I just cut it out and I started eating normal and getting back to like I don't know I don't know what it was in my mind but I was like oh my gosh this isn't healthy for me to just be thinking I'm only allowed yeah. to be drinking water so luckily I didn't get too long into it it was only um maybe like six months or maybe like it was like eight, eight, nine months that it lasted for, but I was able Mm -hmm. to like knock myself out of it, which I know a lot of people aren't able to do. And I just kind of got back to, um, eating normally, but I still find myself to this day. If I kind of get back into the dieting, I take it to extremes and I, I get in that same mindset of where I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just want to keep losing another pound and another pound and another pound. And I just want to basically drink water um, and I yeah. look back at photos of myself from that year and I was just so skinny. Like I just, but you're, I was getting such compliments. Like you look great. Like you look good. Yeah. Like, yeah thanks. But, um, did you guys, um, battle with anything like that on your team or? My experience is a little bit different because we were never like, our coaches never like said anything as far as like you should be following this crazy like modeling diet or anything like that we actually had people come in and like teach us like proper eating um like for me I always would try to do like this proper way of eating and it wouldn't like work for me because I just would carry weight like in my stomach and I would I just that's just, you know, people carry weight in different places in their body. And for me, it was my stomach. And of course, when you're in a two-piece and you don't look like, you know, you should, then you're going to hear something from, you know, your – and for me, it wasn't even my directors that said anything. It was – They were the people that, like, led the, like, nutrition workshop. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's like, and I think back on this experience too, and it's like, of course, they didn't want to be having this conversation with me. Like, I'm sure it hurt them just as much as it hurt me. And um, I remember it was my second year, and I was 21. I've said this, I feel like, a million times. <laughs> my first year, and I was just like, I had started working out a lot, and I would go to, I wasn't really doing much. I hadn't gone back to school yet. So I had a bunch of time on my hands. So I would go to the gym two times a day. I would go in the morning and work out and I would go home 
and I was eating like healthy, um, probably wasn't eating enough, but nothing to the extreme of like, you know, 100 calories. But I was, and then I would go back to the gym and I would practice my dances and I would probably just be burning like a ton of calories throughout the day. And like I was in shape. And then I think I started to kind of like get busier and like I had school and at first like I wasn't really like, you know, doing the same things I was doing and I didn't notice any changes and, you know, because my metabolism, I was 21, my metabolism was just processing everything super quickly and I was fine. But my second year, like towards the end, I think towards like football season, I definitely like started putting on more weight. I was just busier and my priorities weren't completely on the team like they were before. And, um, and I had gotten talked to about, and I can't even remember if they used the word weight. Um, there was a, a few girls that I had gotten talked to and, um, I just remember coming back for my auditions that next year. I had started working with a trainer who had me, you know, drinking a gallon of water a day. And similar to what you were saying, like following these crazy meal plans, like eating five to six meals a day, like every three hours and, you know, chicken and asparagus yeah. or like tilapia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> asparagus. <laughs> I remember I got to go with – or I, I, I accompanied you on your allotted burger and milkshake meal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, like you said, like those crazy, like, you know, pancakes or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah I don't know. And, and like I said, like it wasn't them, like, throwing these crazy diets on me. Like that was just, like, the path that I chose. And it was, like, a, I saw results. Like I started seeing results really quickly. And I remember I even, like, I lost, like, 14 pounds in, like, a month. And I remember I, like, went up to the nutritionist who had talked to me about my weight the f- previous year. And I was like, I lost 14 pounds. And I remember she looked at me like – Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, also, like, in shock because I don't think, like, that's what she wanted to see. Like, because, yeah. like, they were telling us, like, this, like, other way of eating. And it's like, that didn't work for me. And I'm sure maybe if I would have followed that, like – for more, you know, time, I maybe would have saw results, but like this, this happened quickly. And it was like, you gain like this, like satisfaction where you're like, oh my gosh, like (coughs) I look so, I look so good. And like, but anyways, so like that happened. And then just like throughout the rest of my time on the team, like I would just fluctuate. And the only reason I would ever like feel like I looked good enough was when I would like be at the gym for two hours a day or like you know like starving myself and like um I yeah I remember there was I think my fourth year we went through another phase where I was like just like super motivated to go to the gym all the time started eating super healthy like would meal prep all my meals like was going to school somehow I did it and I remember one of my friends and I'll even say her name Brett even said to me she like reached out to me and she's like you are losing like you look smaller each week like I'm like seriously concerned and I was like no I'm fine like it's fine and I think I mean obviously Erin you had heard me talk about it a lot it was something that consumed my mind like all the time and like I would like like binge eat when I wasn't like feeling you know um like I needed to look a certain way or even if I did and I was like I don't even care I'm just gonna like eat because I haven't eaten in so long or whatever but, like, I would just follow these crazy diets and, like, I don't know. I feel like if anyone's listening, like, 
that maybe has an issue that like finding a proper resource is like so important um yeah so yeah I definitely relate to you I just want to know when this whole like body positivity movement that's just taking over advertising of, you know, popular clothing brands like even Victoria's Secret is now hopping on because they're seeing like people respond to it. Like I don't believe that they're doing it for the right reasons, but it's like so many huge companies that were so focused on like the perfect image and perfect picture of women are like opening, you know, the opening up to seeing diversity in body types. And I would love to see that happen in NFL and NBA and just pro dance world teams because I think it's long overdue. I think there's plenty of different sized dancers that are fully capable and, you know, fully beautiful in their own ways and as performers. And I don't know, it's just something that's, I feel like, outdated like a lot of the things in this industry are and I don't know what it's going to take to change but we're starting here I guess Mm -hmm. I agree with you I think there's um I think like anything it's definitely going to take time and it's going to need to be done like the right way but Mm -hmm. but yeah I think it's a direction that definitely needs to be I think and it's um not necessarily even needs to be too extreme of a change. I think maybe they just need to be more accepting of, you know, the girls um, that they do have on the team, that if there is any weight fluctuation, maybe that's how their body is supposed to be and not maybe the weight that they auditioned at. Because I'm sure you guys know when you guys made the team, you were supposed to keep up the body that you Mm -hmm. auditioned with. And it's like, well, I didn't eat for a month, and that's why my body looked like that at my audition. Yeah. I, I think pack. that that was explicitly like written in our contract. It's like that's the those exact words. It's like your audition Appearance. look yeah, is yeah is is like mm-hmm. expected to be carried through. So yeah. Yeah. which can also go with like your hair and you know oh, yeah yeah. And worse like, with that, I always was dyeing my hair and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're in your photo on the squad photo blonde. Like, why is your hair dark brown? I'm like. Mm. <laughs> I need a change. All right, it was a sun. Yeah, turned it brown. I remember there was yeah, there was one year I at um uniform um shoot I had gotten my hair like toned and I had highlights like throughout my whole couple seasons on the team and like I remember my hair was so dark and I was like so scared to go to I think that practice before <laughs> the art director was like no I love it oh yeah you never yeah. know which way they're gonna go with it yeah <laughs> they're gonna love it or hate it yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but more body positivity, I think, is it, yeah. But it's it's so hard to how to like, I think, approach it in, like a healthy way. Yeah. Also, I feel like maybe if you see a a teammate or someone you know, just in general, doesn't even have to be like pro dance, like losing weight, like before you're like, dang, like you look so good, like what are you doing? Like maybe just check in and say like, how are you doing? And like, what did, like, I see you're, you look different. Is this like a positive thing in your life or, you know, like not enough and not frame it in a way that's negative off the bat, but like do like a, a mental health check-in before saying or commenting on their body. Right. And, and just praising it off the bat just because they're smaller because yeah, if there's anything 
we know it's like smaller doesn't necessarily mean healthier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's what our minds have like, and not our minds. I think maybe that's kind of how we were conditioned since we were. Oh, hundred percent. Like, oh, you look good when you're smaller. So. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. It's interesting. Um, how did you um, get out of? I guess your eating disorder, do you still battle with it? Or like, is it something that you feel like you really Um, only had when you were cheerleading? Or is it something that you now battle with, you think, just like normally? Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's interesting because I've never used those words before. Like, I feel like Jordan, what Jordan does is disordered eating. Like, it's like, it's almost like a rearrangement of it because okay. it's nothing that's been like super consistent or I would say completely out of control at any point, but it does consume her and it did consume her mentally and physically like throughout the experience. And sorry, I'll let you continue. But like that was like my immediate thought. It's like disordered eating, I think would yeah. be how I would describe it. Yeah. Um like you would take everything to an extreme, like with diets and everything. Like I now I I I mean with quarantine, I think we all are kind of like doing less activities. At least for me, I'm doing a lot less like less less activities, and I'm finishing up school, and so I'm sitting down a lot during during the day. And I think, and I'm you know probably not eating as healthy as I should, but I'm definitely trying to f- like change the way that I like think about food because like there's definitely been times even like after cheering where I'm like oh like I'm going on this trip or like I'm doing you know like I'm gonna be in a bathing suit or like things after like cheering or even during cheering when I did go on vacations like during the season or whatever um that like I would do I would do these crazy diets or do these crazy things to you know look good in a bathing suit but I think that like now that I have like other responsibilities and like I'm focused on other things in my life it's not I would say I'm I'm a lot better about it um Erin would you agree (laughs) I would say you're not nearly as hard on yourself about it I don't hear nearly as much like negative self-talk you know about it because I mean it The other thing is, is like we're not consistently in a room full of women with their tops off every week. Standing in a mirror. Yeah. And like a mirror with mirrors all around. So it's like it's and, you know, even before pro dance, most of us grew up in a situation where, you know, we were taking classes and that was just that was just it. Like comparison is inevitable. And I think that is one of like the biggest like confidence killers. That is true. Like when I was, uh, I actually think, yeah, maybe it started when I was younger, just always having to be, not having to be compared, but, you know, just Mm -hmm. comparing yourself to the other girls in the room. And I actually do remember when I was younger, I'd be like, why can't, why is, why am I not skinny like Tabitha? My mom's like, uh, you're skinnier than Tabitha. But like, you just don't know when you're little because you just don't maybe understand what you're like looking at or what you're seeing, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. So maybe, yeah, we're just have always compared ourselves to other people. Well, and it's crazy how how young like our perception of ourselves is warped. 
you know, like, like you were just saying, like, it's like, what do you mean? Like, this is actually how you are. And like, you were a kid. And I, I remember distinctly, like the day in third grade where I noticed my thighs. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, like mine do not look like hers. And because I, I went to a private school and we all wore the same clothes. And I'm like, that girl's skirt looks way better on her. Like, you know, it's just like. And with crazy. social media, too, it's like mm-hmm. it's tough like to constantly like, you know. And is it you, Erin, that's always said like we're not supposed to be around? <gasps> yes, all it was. People. Okay. It was like, okay, I was listening to Armchair Expert with Doc Shepard. It was a podcast. um, And it was, I'm pretty sure it was the episode his wife, Kristen Bell, was on. And they were talking about how, like, as human beings, like, just, like, in anthropology, like, they've studied how we're not supposed to be, like, our brains are, are, like, formed and built to be in groups of no more than, like, 200 people. So each person is the best at something. And it's like with this whole social media world where it's like we see everyone, we see everything. It's that comparison factor. It's like, okay, well, I thought I was a good dancer, but look at how how many people are so much better than me. It's like I'm not good at anything. And it's like it's such a toxic cycle. And yeah, like, oh, I thought my waist was small, but look at hers. Like, I, you know, it's like it's it's crazy and I will say like on the social media topic like one thing that I've done is just we can admire Instagram models like for what they are like they're doing their thing but I really only follow like models or people that I don't know that I see of like a reflection of myself in I'm like oh well she kind of looks like me in this way so and I but I think she looks beautiful so I'm gonna follow her because I think that's like such like just a way we can like very slowly create like our own self-confidence because it's like you see traits in others that you know you have and you start to see them as beautiful yeah I'm definitely the worst (laughs) I'm the complete opposite I feel like I'm always following like Instagram models as like inspiration but ever since like Erin told me that I've been trying to be better about that because it's yeah like and it's it's fine it's it's totally fine to like have that like inspo like place and the 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 issue I think begins when you become lost in it right and then you become like self-deprecating like you're scrolling for hours just like just like feeling horrible like after a while and like that's when it becomes bad where it's like you know a peak here and there like she's wearing a cute outfit you're like okay like my motivation to like get on the elliptical or something like that's like something that's like healthy like I get that but it's when the just like any unhealthy pattern like it gets out of hand yeah so as far as confidence obviously with you know talking about weight and things revolving that like that probably did a number on your confidence but as far as like affecting your po- your confidence in a positive way like how did it do that for you yeah um i think the way it affected me positively is um you know it throughout being on so many different teams and um always comparing myself to all the individuals on the team it taught me that you know, one of those cheesy sayings, like, no one else is like you. Um, Mm -hmm. It 
it pushed me, it actually made me more, it made me a stronger person vocally for kind of speaking up, not necessarily, um, not necessarily for myself. I'm actually terrible at speaking up for myself. I think I'm better at speaking up for others. So I think it, it didn't come really into play until I was on Dolphins that after kind of being on so many different teams and seeing, um, you know, maybe what's right and what's wrong, um, I kind of maybe vocalized um, because I felt, not that I knew more or I knew better, it's just. Like from I your knew, experience? Yeah, from my experience yeah. that I knew, like that when I did actually see a girl on the dolphins, like having an eating disorder, I like spoke Mm -hmm. up about it. And I'm like, can we like talk to her about this? Because it just was very like unhealthy. And, you know, I did all that I can do with that, but it it was, yeah, kind of seeing something that I potentially like struggled with and I was able to help somebody else, you know, she probably still, I know she still struggles with it. Hers was a lot more extreme than mine, but um, I'm trying to think of like actual like confidence, like after being on the team in different areas. Um, I guess like maybe try comparing it to like how you felt like confident before versus before like any pro dance experience versus after like how that okay. kind of attributed to like your growth yeah. personally. Okay, yeah. So when I first did Cardinals, I like, had no idea what I was doing, like dance wise, like. Um, you know, we grew up doing ballet and jazz, but it, mm-hmm. it's so different compared to dancing on a professional team. It's just in every single team that you're on, it's almost like a different style you're learning. You know, yeah. one team might jump high and one team might be like more lower to the ground. So you're just like learning different styles. And so when I was first on Cardinals, I wasn't confident at all. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand the field. I didn't understand what ticks were, what or takes this more NBA, but you know what, what things were. And so definitely my first year on Cardinals, I just didn't know anything. And it wasn't, yeah, until my second year where, you know, not only was I getting called out about my looks, but I was getting called out about my dancing. I think I was just a lot more confident because I knew what I was doing. So then when I got onto the Mavs and onto the Dolphins, I was just, you know, I was able to dance bigger and dance more confidently and, um, yeah, when I got on the Dolphins, I was technically a rookie, but I wasn't dancing like I was a rookie because I'd already been yeah. on two other teams. I, you know, I I'm able to observe and see what they they want from from us dance wise. Um, so yeah, I would say I love that. Yeah, coming mm-hmm. from one team to the other, I don't think like looking at it all. If I was to audition on the Dolphins my first year, you know, I like I compared a lot when I was on Dolphins and I looked at type of girls that were on the team I was like if this was my first year being on a team ever I would be a mess because I look back mm-hmm. on my first year as Cardinals I'm like I, I think the lord that I was my first year was on Cardinals because I was my first year I was a mess so I'm like if mm-hmm. I was to do it on Dolphins like you know I was only able to succeed on Dolphins because I had already been on previous teams so right. it, it definitely had a lot to come into play from all my past experience that I was able to be confident on that team, uh, dance, totally. dance wise. So it was really, it was really cool to be on that team. And my, my coach would be like, Oh, okay, Sarah, like come in the front and show 
show the team how you're doing this move or how you're doing this. But it wasn't because I learned it on that team. It was because I learned it maybe from the Mavs or I learned it from the Cardinals that I was able to come mm-hmm. on the team and like do things bigger and differently and stuff. But when well, I feel like being on so many different teams with different styles, like it kind of forces you to like need to feel comfortable in your own style. Right. It's like, yeah, like you can adapt, but it's also just like, they're just those people that have like their own flair to it. And I think it's like tying it into confidence. It's like, you have to have that confidence to sell it. You know, it's like, I'm going to buy into the style and then just kill it. So I can totally see that. Yeah. So Sarah, to close it out, we're going to ask you our final question. How do you feel you are breaking formation? All right. Um, how I think I'm breaking formation, I would say, you know, the stereotypical cheerleader where, you know, not very intelligent. We, you know, are ditzy, which don't get me wrong. I can sound like a ditz. I can say stupid <laughs> things sometimes, but the way I think I break formation is I, I'm very opinionated and I speak my mind and, um, you know, I strive as I'm sure, uh, many other like you guys, um, to be a, like a strong independent woman. And, you know, I think in, a while, a lot, like, you know, years ago, cheerleaders were, you know, we we're more looked up to from little girls to be like, oh, I want to be like them. I want to be pretty. I want to be this. But I want to be looked up to from little girls as being like strong, independent, mm-hmm. um, you know, smart, able to like speak my mind um, in those, yeah, in those ways. I think um, that's how I'm breaking formation. Yeah, I love that answer. I love, yeah, I love that. And I, I do feel like, you know, the – at least from what we see, the culture is shifting, I think, in that direction. You know, they're they're getting women who aren't just beautiful, but they're also incredible role models for right. the way that they lead their lives. Exactly. And Definitely. more um, – I know on dolphins, they're getting – they're changing up the look, you know, girls that are able to wear their hair – how they're naturally born, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. curly hair rather it's than huge. straightening it and things like that, that they're able to look like, you know, the, the little girls are able to look at them and be like, oh, I look like her and not necessarily just be like a blonde, tall, skinny cheerleader that mm-hmm. I think um, they're, you know, they're showing all of the, all the ways that we're different. Right. Um, not just look wise, but intellectual. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on and sharing your experience. I We really enjoyed talking with you, and we know yeah. everyone will get a lot from this interview. So, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe to Breaking Formation Podcast on all listening platforms. And Follow us on Instagram at Breaking Formation Podcast. And if you have any questions or want to reach out, please feel free to email us at breakingformation at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at BF Palmcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>